on. I'm on. There we go. Hey, um, so this morning we get a real treat. My uh, friend and um, uh, fellow leadership team person, Melody Galt, is going to be <laughs> bringing the message this this morning, and uh, I, I was going to be out of town this week, and so uh, ask him, this is Melody's birthday present to me. That's what I'm going to say anyway. <laughs> and um, so uh, you can come up now. That's okay. So um, she's done this before, so she's not nervous at all, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, kn- I know that you'll be blessed. Melody has a, a, a heart for God and a heart for people to, to know him and see him in a way that is... Um, beneficial and helpful to us in uh, in our lives. Oh, look, you got lots of nice notes, notes there. That's good. All notes. bound up in there. It's like a book of your man. You're a professional. Uh, anyway. I'm so. still old school. I'm not techie. I don't have, you know, yeah. He has his little eye. You are, you are older than up. me, right? I am. Yeah. I am a lot older than you. Oh. <laughs> uh, Thank you. I noticed she didn't say that about me earlier. Whatever. Sorry. I know. I got you. Number. Anyway, uh, so, so Melly's going to share with us. Let me pray uh, really quick, then, then I'll bring the okay. TV up. God, thanks for uh, just loving us and um, blessing us so much. And, and even today, as we get to hear from Melody, I, I know that you have been working in her heart and mind and stirring things up uh, there to share with us, and uh, your Holy Spirit is always working to speak to us. And so I I pray that today we'd have eyes to see and ears to hear what you would speak through her to us. And just thank you for her, the blessing she is to her her family and to this church uh, and to my family as well. And so, um, Father, just uh, thank you for doing the work that you've done in her life so that she can Um, share with us, and you can begin to work as well in our lives. So bless our time together as we learn from her. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. So happy 4th of July. Um, I I don't know. I'm not a real big date person. Bill is more of a date person than I am. So I don't know how often it comes around that it falls on Sunday, but I thought that was pretty cool. And when Corey asked me to speak, he said, Uh, talk about independence. So how many of you here today um, have served in the military? Thank you. How many have served overseas? About the same. Thank you. So Bill was in the military, and um, being a military spouse, I understand the military a little bit, and we lived in England for several years, so I understand the sacrifice that families make, too, when they have to move away from loved ones or the ones who have to stay here while their spouse goes abroad, Um, and I understand what we have fought for. If you can see the, there was supposed to be a little illustration on the screen, but There we go. I thought this rang really, really true. So the fight for independence from Britain was also a fight to become dependent on God outside the state religion of the king. And the founding fathers wrote faith on the pages of the documents that charted the path to freedom as a nation. 
They understood that without dependence on God, their new nation would fall. Before we jump in today, I want to go ahead and, and pray. Father, thank you for those who wanted dependence on you and the freedom to uh, be able to worship you. Father, I just pray that, um, Lord, that we would just have a special remembrance for those who fought for our freedoms and for that right today. Lord, I just ask that you would be with me, that I would share your heart. And we ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. So when we think about Independence or Independence Day, we often think about the colonists who came here to America and they were seeking political freedom, religious freedom, and economic opportunity. Our country was founded on independence from British rule and we get to celebrate that today. And we get to remember that um, being patriotic is good. Believing in our country um, was founded on is good and supporting and fighting for our freedoms and democracy are good. And again, like the illustration on the screen, it came at a cost. Our forefathers had great wisdom and set up a political system which allowed us to enjoy these things. And we should be very grateful that we live in a country, especially today, as we celebrate our independence. So as I was preparing and thinking about independence, I looked up the definition of independence and it simply is not dependent. Or not having to depend on anyone or anything, freedom from control or support, the state of being independent, or a time when a country or region gains political freedom. So not depending on anyone or anything really got me thinking about our relationship with God. As Christians, we can celebrate our political freedom and still remember that our allegiance is first and foremost to God alone. Yet from the beginning, humans have been trying to sever that allegiance and become independent from God. We see that in Genesis. In Genesis 3, uh, the serpent was able to deceive Eve by telling her that she could be more like God. If she ate the fruit from the tree, and by Adam and Eve eating the fruit, it began our journey of trying to become independent from God. The whole point of the instruction from God to not eat from the tree of good and evil was because God wanted a relationship with man, where man was dependent on God. God wanted to provide for man and his needs, but when they disobeyed God and his perfect plan for them, he sent them from the garden and they had to depend on themselves. And we are still paying the price for that today. As well, the exodus from Pharaoh's rule was for God to get his people to depend on him once again. They had been crying out to God for him to rescue them, and so he made a way for them to become dependent on him. And yet they grumbled, and they wanted more than what God was providing. You may remember the story of the Israelites in the desert. God was leading them by fire at night and cloud during the day. So they were totally dependent on him for their direction, for their water. If you remember, Moses uh, split the rock and water flowed. They were dependent on God for food, and yet they still complained. They wanted meat instead of manna. And they complained about being better under Pharaoh's rule than God's, where they had fresh vegetables and meat. And God ultimately gave them meat, and they still turned from him and worshipped other gods. 
Then we learn that even after God established Israel in the promised land, hoping they would finally depend on him, they decided they wanted a human king to rule them instead. So I was just reading in 1 Kings um, a couple of weeks ago, and King Solomon um, and his reputation for wisdom and accomplishment were well known throughout the region. King Solomon had asked for wisdom and God gave it to him. God had blessed Solomon beyond measure uh, he was known by other nations around him as a king who loved God and loved Israel. But Solomon was obsessed with foreign women. And the Israelites had been told not to marry outside of their nation because they will seduce you into worship of their gods, God had told them. And that is exactly what happened. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and they seduced him away from his dependence on God. He openly defied God, and God was furious with him, and ultimately took the kingdom from his son. We see over and over again in the stories of the Bible, God's desire has always been to be our provider and our protector. He wants a loving and caring relationship where we are dependent on him because of his overwhelming love for us. And while God has shown us great love and mercy over and over again, we have always tried to escape our dependence on him, even when our dependence on him would mean his best and perfect will for us. Um, several weeks ago, Corey had a great line in one of his sermons, and it said, sometimes we don't like God's standard. We don't like his rules, so we take our ball and we go home, ultimately trying to become independent from his ways. We are a nation of democracy, but we try to apply that to other areas of our life too. Uh, some of you may do this, some of you may know people who do this, but how many um, people have family meetings where everyone gets a vote? Or what about in our marriage? You have your checking account, I'll have mine. You pay your bills, I'll pay mine. Again, nothing wrong with that, but it's just a way that we're trying to be independent what about in our church? We form lots of committees. Everybody gets a say on who the pastor is. We have a big meeting and we vote. We all get to vote on where the money gets spent, where the communion stations go. If we're being honest, we understand on some level that that isn't the way things should work. Nation building and religion are not the same thing. So how do we celebrate political freedom and become dependent on God when it goes against everything natural to our wants and our desires. I think we have to go back to the basics. We're going to read from Romans 12, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2 this morning, and I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. I'm going to be up on the screen. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experience all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. 
So this morning, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this passage and see what God might have to say to us. So Paul is telling them first to surrender themselves. And surrender means to cease resistance. Maybe we could say surrender is to depend on God or stop trying to be independent from him. Proverbs 15 says, the source of revelation knowledge is found as you fall down in surrender before the Lord. Don't expect to see Shekinah glory, his divine presence, until the Lord sees your sincere humility. So Shekinah means dwelling. And we see this manifested in Acts. Um, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in those who believed in the risen Christ. The passage literally tells us that we get revelation knowledge and we get to see God's divine presence when we surrender to him. Second, live in holiness. When we live holy, we get to experience all that delights him. And holiness simply means the state of being holy. A life of holiness and total devotion to God. I love the verse in Psalms about holiness, which is Psalms 36. The fountain of life flows from you to satisfy me. In your light of holiness, we receive the light of revelation. So from this passage, we see that not only does life, when we accept Christ and receive eternal life, not only does life satisfy God, but we receive holiness and we receive revelation. Third, we're going to look at imitating the opinions of our culture. We might say it this way, stop following the opinions of culture. I know that's hard to do in today's world. But Ephesians 2 tells us, and his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. It was, wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with the authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Surrendering to this culture ultimately fills the earth with Satan's authority and thus works to make us disobedient to God. Maybe we could say it this way. Surrendering to culture can cause you to resist God. Or surrendering to culture means shunning God or scorning. Fourth, let's look at transformed from our original passage, which means to make a thorough or dramatic change in form, appearance, or character. Ephesians 4 says, and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness. And you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. By doing so, we get union with him. We get his perfect righteousness. And we belong to the realm of true holiness. So I know there's been a lot of scripture this morning. But I find it exciting that over and over in scripture, we get to see a consistent message. Um, as I started kind of a deeper Bible study dive years and years ago, I would be reading one day and I was like, oh, I think I remember reading that a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago. And so I would kind of search through my Bible to see if I could find the passage that 
kind of mirrored or was relating to the one I was reading that day. And I know that Bibles have footnotes, but lots of times that is quoting a direct quote from um, scripture in the Old Testament. So for me, it was exciting to see scriptures that had the same words, had the same meaning, and I would jot them down in the margin of my Bible and I would highlight things. I tried once to color code everything, but that kind of went out the window. I would find myself caught with the wrong color when I <laughs> needed to write something down. But um, it is exciting to dig into scripture and find that it just has meaning clear across the board. Finally, five, we're going to look at um, it will empower you to discern his will. To discern means to perceive or recognize. Maybe we could say we would know how to be dependent on God. So from our original passage in Romans, we know that as we surrender to God, we have revelation knowledge, we see God's presence, we have God-given holiness, which provides revelation. We also see that if we imitate this culture, we can end up resisting God. And verse 4 sums it up for, by telling us how. We have to transform our thinking, and by doing so, we get union with him. We get his perfect righteousness, and we belong to the realm of true holiness. If we do these things, we will actually be able to discern his will. So how often do we say ourselves, or we hear someone say, um, if only God would just tell me, or if he'd just give me a sign, but he does, and we get a sign. It's in the form of scripture, which tells us how. It's by being dependent on God. We can't desire and seek independence from King Jesus and expect to know his will. Choosing allegiance to King Jesus, even when we don't understand what he's doing is okay. He's still the king. We must first seek his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So in closing, we are lucky to live in a country where those who settled here are trying to find independence from the control of man and the control of man-made religion and find their way back to dependence on God. We're not saying they did everything right. In the name of God, humans did some horrible things. But in those times, they have always had to step out from under the highest ethic of the kingdom gospel, which is love God and love others. Our human nature and desire is to be independent. This can apply to our political democracy, but political freedom does not have to exclude dependence on God. Our only hope of true independence from the world will be found in eternity, but must first start in this life with dependence on God. So I would encourage you this week to evaluate how you might become more dependent on God. Start by spending some time um, in scripture each day, asking him to show you how he wants you to depend on him more. Celebrate our country's independence and all the blessings God gives us. And remember that our country's independence wasn't free, just like the illustration shows. And while you are celebrating today, try to consciously remember to be more dependent on God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this is tough. 
Um, I know in my own life it's tough to be dependent on you and to not worry, as, as Bill said in the communion talk. We're um, a country of independent people wanting to do our own thing. So, Father, help us draw closer to you. Help us to seek you first rather than what culture would say. Lord, thank you for the freedom we do have in this country, for our independence, for those who fought for that freedom. Lord, I just ask that you would go with each one of us today and uh, be with us as we're celebrating our independence. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Mel. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my birthday present to all of you is that it's uh, 10 minutes to 11. So, <laughs> happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> um, two, two things I want to talk to you about. Um, Julie, if you'll jump down to the, yeah, there we go. Don't forget about All Church Camp coming up in August. And uh, got a lot of cool things um, going on and planned for that. So um, just, just be paying attention. We'll have more information coming out as we um, work out all of the details about that. Um, also, if you're a dude, uh, what what's the date, Ray, for the July 17th? So it's like two weeks, I think. Um, the men at Real Life are going to go play paintball somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, anyway, um, if you want information about that, uh, check with Ray. Um, but we're going as many uh, guys as uh, possible to go, uh, particularly if you're slow and have bad eyesight, because that will give the rest of us a little bit more of a chance. Um, we need target practice. So um, anyway, uh, love to have you you come, and if you if you haven't done anything with the men's stuff before, whatever, still uh, sign up and, and go, because you get to shoot people, and so that's cool. Um, I'm with paintballs. It's cool. Uh, so um, just just be aware of that. And then, um, okay, next Sunday, we're going to kick off a brand new series called Followers. Uh, and so in the last series we did, um, I say, uh, we listened as Jesus kind of laid out the foundational principles of his new kingdom, um, principles like uh, covenant commitment and uh, actually loving God with our attitudes and our actions. Um, but shortly after Jesus laid all of that stuff out, he went to the cross and he died. And, and then he ascended to be with the Father. And so he kind of left his followers here, uh, and they really felt alone and, and kind of just, just on their own. They didn't know what to do. And so as the uh, Holy Spirit comes and begins to empower them, um, they're like learning to walk out the things that um, Jesus had, had had laid out in like the Sermon on the Mount that we that we just looked at. And so um, we're left with this kind of relatively small group of followers who are unsure of what to do next. So we're going to take a real like bird's eye view of the book of Acts because that book chronicles what happens next in, in the kingdom timeline. And um, 
that's uh, what we're going to be looking at. So the next several weeks, we'll be looking at Acts and how the Holy Spirit moved and what these small band of followers did and how God changed the whole world um, through them. So we're going to kick that off next Sunday. So hope you can join um, me then as we move forward. We've got a lot of cool things uh, happening and coming up here at Real Life. So hope you can be a part of as many of those things as possible. Uh, happy Independence Day. Uh, be careful and blow lots of stuff up. Uh, and that's it. Thanks. Love you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mel. And we'll see you next week for followers. Thanks for tuning in to Real Life Live. Our hope and prayer is that the time you've spent with us has left you encouraged and challenged in your faith. It may have also left you with some questions or maybe wondering how all this faith stuff works. So we want to help you with that. Head over to reallifecc.us for a few different ways we can connect. We're thankful you joined us today and want to extend an invitation for you to join us in person at our current home in El Dorado, Kansas at the Civic Center, 201 East Central on Sundays at 10 a.m. We hope you'll keep tuning in and growing in your faith to look more like Jesus every day. See you next time.